0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor with Josh Nelson. Today we're going to talk about two of the most fun topics ever, death and incapacitation. In fact, we're actually going to call this get your estate documents done because most people haven't got them done. In fact, most of the studies I've seen show around 70% of the American population has not gotten their estate documents done. So why is this so important? When you think about all your financial stuff and your property and even your kids, let's say you've got minor children, things like that, more or less things that you're responsible for, even, again, your property, your real estate, if you own a business, all of these things are things that you're responsible for right now that you have possession of or have care of. And the reality is, is when you and I are gone, when we pass away or become incapacitated, we're not in charge of it anymore at least for a period of time if we're incapacitated and we get better or something like that there may be a point in time we can kind of take that stuff back over but the reality is is that we would need somebody else to step in and basically take the baton to run forward and figure out what the next steps are with that piece of property with the investments even with the kids minor children somebody else is going to be responsible for our stuff and possibly our loved ones. So that's why the estate documents are so important because that's really what will allow for a smooth handoff. Now let's talk about what does that actually mean from a practical standpoint basic level estate documents would deal with guardianship so if you have minor children or if you have anybody who you're responsible for you're actually a guardian for it's in your estate documents that you would be naming who your wish would be for that person to be taken care of by so oftentimes this would be a husband and wife both passing away and then them saying in their estate documents who is supposed to take care of their kids until they reach legal age and also who is supposed to take care of their money until They reach legal age. Now, of course, I'm not an estate attorney. I don't practice law. So I'm telling you all of this from my personal experience as a financial advisor for 20 plus years and actually sitting across the table from people that have lost their loved ones, either their spouse, their parents, in some cases their siblings, could be even a friend, somebody that they're responsible for and cared a lot about. The mental and emotional toll that that takes on people is huge. Not even including there being hiccups from not having estate documents done. So we really want to try to make this as easy as possible for people. This is really an act of love because what you're doing is making things very organized, making things very clear, making things very easy for them to be able to take that baton and run forward. So be thinking about it from that perspective, not necessarily yourself. Think about if something happened to me tomorrow, and I think that's the best way to approach estate planning personally, is that we have to think about if something happened to me tomorrow, what would I want to have happen? Who would I want getting my stuff? And how would I want that to be distributed? And again, if I've got kids and I do have kids that are minor children, how would I want them to be raised? Who would I want them to be taken care of by? And of course, you know, if you're husband and wife, you want to make sure that you've got the same person named, or there's gonna be a court battle that ends up breaking out. And sadly, I've seen that happen before. There have been client situations where we've seen the parents pass away. And then it wasn't clear who was supposed to take over. In fact, one particular situation where it was a husband and wife, uh, they got divorced, actually, and then they each named different people as far as guardians. One had passed away, then the other one passed away. And now you've got two sets of grandparents that are duking it out in court, trying to fight over these grandkids. How sad is that for everybody involved? That's the number one thing that should make you afraid of not having them done. They need to have a plan as far as who's going to be taking care of them. Going forward and thinking about your property, your money, your stuff, that stuff clearly is a lot less important than humans, you know, your kids or other people that you might be caring for, but it's still important nonetheless because. Again, there are going to be humans that you care about that are going to be dealing with all of that and very likely maybe depending on that for their income. Say if you're husband wife or if you are somebody who's inheriting those assets, you're somebody that's actually going to be receiving that property and need to make some decisions on it. And more than likely, it's going to have a big impact on your own finances. So, again, this is an act of love. A little bit painful, right? We kind of take that pain on ourselves in having to think about this stuff and make decisions on this stuff in advance so somebody else doesn't have to deal with a mess. And I say that honestly is when somebody dies without estate documents, it's usually a mess. It helps if people are married. You know, if it's a husband, wife, then it's kind of straightforward as far as the other spouse receiving stuff. But if things aren't organized, it's just not good. It's not a great situation. And again, typically somebody is going through a lot of mental, emotional, anguish. And then on top of that, if they have to deal with a financial mess and dealing with the business end of things, when things aren't organized, it's just not a great situation. So take the time to go through this. Now, when it comes to estate planning, estate planning doesn't mean a last will and testament. It doesn't mean a trust. It actually means kind of looking at things from a big picture standpoint, as far as thinking about what do I need to be worried about here? What decisions do I need to make in advance in case something were to happen to me? And happen to me could be a couple of things Happen to me could be I become incapacitated. In the case that I do, I need to make sure that I've got some directives in advance. I need to make sure I've got powers of attorney, some advanced directives as far as uh, do not resuscitate, things like that. So I'm not going to go through the legal document side of things. Uh, That's for you and your attorney to figure out. Or if you use some kind of an online program, great. You know, that's up to you as far as your comfort level with those things. I particularly using an estate attorney myself, full disclosure, I do use an estate attorney. And I want to make sure that you're aware that you can really kind of do it either way. But if you want advice, if you really want to sit down with somebody and have them look at your particular situation, a software will not do that. Uh, you writing it out on a piece of paper, it may be legal, but it's not something that would be probably buttoned up to the degree that we would want it to be. So you can make your own decisions. Ultimately, we do want to make sure though that we've got those advanced directives in case something were to happen from an incapacitation standpoint. Now, let's say I pass away and now I've got stuff. I've got a business. I've got real estate. I've got 401ks. I've got investments, things like that. All of that stuff has to be dealt with in some way. And if I've designated beneficiaries on any of my property, that kind of trumps anything that I would say in my last will testament. Again, I'm not an estate attorney. I'm not practicing law here. I'm just telling you what I've got set up from a practical standpoint with clients, what they've been dealing with, the beneficiary designations will kind of trump what's in the last will and testament. Also, if there's a title of a property, that does trump whatever it says in the last will and testament. So you do kind of see now that all of this stuff has to be incorporated. That's why it's called estate planning, because we have to look at the big picture and not just look at one document and say that we're done. Last will and testament coordinated with beneficiary designations, coordinated with how things are titled, and possibly coordinated with some type of a trust. If you've devised a trust either in your last will and testament, or if you have a living trust, that means that you tend to fund things in advance. You can put your property... Uh, your stocks, things like that, in the living trust in advance. I'm not going to get into the pros and cons for that today, but I can tell you that sometimes it actually does come in very handy and can actually reduce a lot of cost and a lot of time in advance if you're able to put those particulars into place. So it could be that you're also coordinating that. So now we've kind of talked about guardianship stuff. We've talked about that fact that there could be a variety of different ways that we could leave property regarding title, beneficiary, trust, and ultimately your last will and testament will dictate whatever's left. In other words, other things that didn't get dealt with other places, it will be your last will and testament that would kind of handle that stuff. Now, the last thing that I wanted to go over today is thinking about, big picture, really, how would things get distributed? Now, if it's a husband-wife, oftentimes it just kind of goes to the other person. Now, one asterisk on that, of course, is if somebody is going into a second marriage situation where they're widowed or maybe they were divorced before, maybe they have uh, kids from a prior marriage. In other words, there may be some particular things that you would do to kind of set up some estate planning that would pay them separately. In other words, sometimes people would have a separate life insurance policy that would just be for those kids from a prior marriage, or it could end up being a situation where maybe particular accounts have been beneficiary designated to other kids. I throw that out there simply because the way that a nuclear family, I don't know if that term is used anymore, but from a husband, wife, and kids under those two parents, it's pretty straightforward if you didn't have a last will and testament. I think for most states, they kind of have stuff go to each other, and then it goes on to the blood children. But of course, in the second marriage situation, the blood children are not blood children of that new spouse. Uh, It could be a situation where they end up getting disinherited. So it's something to think about. It's something to at least kind of ponder and think about how would this flow? How would assets actually flow? And who do I want to benefit from my estate? So thinking about spouse, thinking about kids, maybe thinking about other family, it's also possible that you want to make some kind of a charitable donation upon your death. It could be going to some other organization, in other words, besides a human. Now, some of That you might do in advance. There are all kinds of different charitable trusts and things that can be set up, donor advised trusts, donor advised funds. Those are things that we can talk to you about as far as how to set those up in advance. So as you can see, this gets complicated pretty quickly, and that's why estate planning is a thing. It's actually a profession. There are people that have their entire law practice or CPA practice or even financial planning practice that are built around estate planning. This is an area that we cover with clients quite a bit because it is something that's very important, and especially when people have a higher net worth, you start to think about tax implications, not only tax implications for us while we're living, but tax implications when we pass away that could cause some of our heirs to end up paying more in taxes than necessary. Now, I think we can all agree that the government is you know, going to get some money. There's probably going to be some money that goes to the government, but I think there's a good reason why we want to do some planning so we can kind of minimize that. You don't want to pay more than you have to. Uh, there's really no reason to make some costly mistakes that would end up having more money go to the government or really, I mean, frankly, we, to go to an attorneys. And the more we're not organized on this stuff, the more likely it is that Somebody's going to have to pay an attorney eventually to duke this thing out in court or to coordinate with other attorneys, you know, that can turn into thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars very, very quickly, especially if there's disputes and so forth that can get really costly. So that's one of the reasons why we want to go through this whole process is getting as organized as possible. We want to try to organize it in a way that basically maximizes your estate. You want the government to get as little as possible. You want attorneys to get as little as possible because you want it to go to who? You want it to go to either your beneficiaries, your loved ones, or to a charity, uh, one or more charities that you want to benefit. Those are good organizations that could end up using the money probably better than the government, frankly. So it's important to be thinking about all of this stuff as you're thinking about your own estate planning and what it is that you want. Now, from a practical standpoint, if you're starting from square one, I would start with the help of a certified financial planner. And I say that just from the aspect that a certified financial planner, their job is to be comprehensive and look at your entire financial picture, including estate planning. That's just one element of the entire planning process. More than likely, they're going to recommend at some point that you bring in a specialist in estate planning. That person is probably going to be an attorney. It'll probably be somebody who actually can devise legal documents for you. But it's important that you're starting off with that certified financial planner just so they can see the entire picture. Think of it kind of like the head coach of a football team. They know where everybody is, kind of coordinated an entire game plan because the owner of the team, and that's you, wants to win the Super Bowl. And so it's the head coach's job to go in and figure out what's the strategy, what are the people we need to put in that is going to make this happen. Ultimately, certified financial planner is in that role, and if they're good, they're not going to be doing it themselves. They're going to have a team. They're going to have other people they pull in that you may need to have on your team as well, right? An a state attorney, a CPA, a trust officer. There could be other things that you need to pull in to the mix. But that certified financial planner is the one that's going to be coordinating it all with you. And I say with you because it should never be a completely hands-off approach. This should be something that you're collaborating. You're on a team together. And really you all want the same thing as you want your financial success and security. So with that in mind, I know we've kind of talked about a lot here. This is a lot of stuff and there's a lot more specifics we could get into, of course, but ultimately, that's really where your starting point should be, is that you look at this from the aspect of an overall financial plan, but I hope I've disturbed you a little bit. If you haven't gotten your estate documents done, there's some really, really good reasons to do that, and there are some really bad consequences if you don't do that and something happens. So please do it today, get started, contact us, contact your estate attorney, whoever you're working with. Right now, just take action right away. Don't be among the seventy percent that didn't do anything and doesn't have their estate documents done. Be able to check that off your list and know that there is a follow up process. You do want to go back and look at all of your documents, your beneficiaries, all that stuff at least every five years, or if you have a major life change. So get your estate documents done. Don't wait. Make this a priority here to get done in 2021. That's it. I hope you have a wonderful week and God bless. This episode has been prepared for informational purposes. Only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors. Investment advisory services offer through Keystone Financial Services and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.